Good morning, everyone. It's currently May 5th at 11.40 a.m. Where I am, the sun is shining, the weather is getting warmer, and I just can't wait to be starting the day with you today. So welcome to Rise and Shine. I'm Grace, a student at the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point. I'm studying special education and psychology, and in today's episode, we're talking about something extremely close to my heart, and that is my very own sister, Charlotte, and her experience with cerebellar hypoplasia. She'll be joining us today, as well as my mother, Michelle, to help us all better understand the world around us by exploring the unique experiences of others. With that, I hope to give everyone listening inspiration to rise and shine together. Let's do this thing. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad you were able to come in today. Welcome to the Rise and Shine podcast. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. (laughs) Yeah, it's great to have you guys here too. Do you maybe want to just give a little introduction um, so the audience can get to know you a little bit better? Yeah, I'm Charlotte. I'm 15 years old. I'm Grace's sister. And I am Michelle and I am Grace and Charlotte's mom. Yeah, it's so great to have you guys here. And I'm just really looking forward to, you know, exploring um, your experience with cerebellar hypoplasia and how it's given you a different perspective on life. So, Michelle, do you maybe want to define cerebellar hypoplasia a little bit for us? Sure. Cerebellar hypoplasia um, means that the cerebellum is underdeveloped. Um, This can sometimes have a genetic cause. Uh, This can sometimes have an idiopathic cause. Um, So no known cause. Um, Cerebellum controls um, small and large motor function, um, as well as some emotional um, things. So um, that's kind of what we have had to um, you know, it's been a little chat. We've had some challenges on and off, um, but we're doing well. I hope to, to talk to you about this more. Awesome. So you have four girls and Charlotte is your youngest. Um, when you found out um, that she had cerebellar hypoplasia, what was that like for you? Well, I found out um, while she was still in utero. So I was at my um, 20 week ultrasound. I think it might've been maybe 18 weeks. Um, and that typically is the time when they check the anatomy, um, the gender, those types of things, which is usually an exciting and, um, fun time. Um, my past pregnancies were fine. I, I didn't think anything of it. Um, I was excited. Um, then at that particular ultrasound, they noticed that, um, Um, You know, there was a part of the brain, the back part of the brain that looked a little bit, I think it was on the ultrasound oblong in shape. Um, It was smaller, measured smaller than it should have been. Um, And that's when, that's when we found out. Wow. Was that um, hard for you? It was. Um, 
especially um, especially because I had um, normal pregnancies, like I said before, and you 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 just don't expect it. You know, it's it's one of those things where you know it doesn't happen to me type of situation. You, you never think about it until it happens to you. And um, yes, for me it was very stressful, and and being a um, someone who 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 gets anxiety and worries a lot. Um, it was a huge stress on me, um, probably through the end of my pregnancy. <laughs> um, uh, of course, I, I googled um, everything, which you know they tell you not to do, um, and it's true. You know, you can read things that might not be accurate or, or hear some um, type of you know uh, bad stories, um, but. On the other hand, um, you know, knowledge is power. And, and when you find out um, that something like that, um, you know, like the ultrasound was abnormal, it, it was nice to to know that before, before she was born, I had the time right. to do some research, um, plan ahead. Um, I knew she was going to, um, uh, I, I, I called our early intervention program. I, I knew that probably was going to be um, something that she was going to need after she was born. Um, everything, you know, was set up in the hospital where she would be taken to the NICU to be examined. And so, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, looking back, I'm glad I knew that beforehand. Right. Now here at um, the Rise and Shine podcast, really our goal is to help highlight the idea that experiences with disabilities can actually um, provide insights and actually improve lives. But I think an initial um, response for many people is that um, disabilities are a form of problems and nobody necessarily wants a disability. So how could they improve lives? Was that an initial thought that you had when you found out Charlotte had cerebellar hypoplasia? Oh, most definitely. Um, first of all, I had never heard of that condition. Um, and, you know, the, the fact that it affected the brain. Um, my first thought was just, you know, the worst, you know, right. what's going to happen? Um, is she going to live a normal life? Are we going to need, is she going to need a lot of assistance? Um, you, you just so many thoughts go through your head. Um, it, it's just, you know, at first it's just really heartbreaking. Right. Wow. Now, obviously, I think we have um, a very positive story to share, but Charlotte, can I now ask you, do you remember the first time you learned about what cerebellar hypoplasia was? Um, I actually, I, I don't really remember. It might've been when I was um, maybe 14 that my mom told me about it. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I I never knew what it was um, called um, or what it was. So I asked her, and she told me what it was. And you know, Charlotte always knew that she was um, in the um, learning disability classes and 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 needed extra help at school and things like that. She knew about that, and we discussed that. I never. 
I guess, really thought to tell her the name of her condition because um, it is so rare. And um, I, I don't know if it really mattered, <laughs> to be honest. Right. Um, really, we're treating um, the symptoms, I guess you could say. Um, but she asked me, she goes, what is last year? Um, actually a few months ago, I think she asked me, you know, what is it exactly that I have? What is it called? And I told her and she's like, oh, mom, I just, um, never knew that I, I've always wanted to ask. And I, 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 I felt kind of sad that, um, I hadn't told her that then. Um, but I also didn't want to label her, you know, I didn't want to say this is right. you know, what you have, um. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's an issue um, a lot of people have, in, right, in that defining what having a disability means. Like, um, I'm lucky enough to know Charlotte and know that she's such an amazing person. Um, but obviously, Michelle, you shared some fears and worries um, going into um, having her. Charlotte, have you ever felt um, scared or worried um, about certain things to do with cerebellar hypoplasia, even before you uh, maybe knew exactly what it was? Uh, uh, no, I actually, I haven't like worried about it or anything. Things have gotten a lot better um, in terms of defining um, what disabilities are and how that affects people's lives. But Michelle, would you say that your ideas more line up with Charlotte might live life differently in some ways, but she faces challenges just like anyone else does. Exactly. Um, it, that's exactly how I feel. I mean, we're all born with some type of challenge. Um, and I think you just need to take, you know, one day at a time. Um, I remember when I was at, we, we had an appointment with a, a geneticist and I do remember that um, the nurse had said, you know, some, some babies' brains or some people's brains look fine on a scan, um, but they don't work. They don't work properly. And so we don't know what the future holds. I mean, you could have an ultrasound that looks perfect, but you may have a child with a disability that you didn't know about. We, we don't know what tomorrow holds, whether right. it's with a disability or an illness, or whatever challenge. So, I mean, raising children has its challenges no matter what. And that's kind of the approach I took. Yeah, that's so inspiring. And, um, you know, we're all part of the same family. And although you and I, Michelle, um, aren't diagnosed with a disability, would you say that Charlotte's disability has had an effect on your life? Oh, um, for sure. It's had an effect on my life. Um, I mean, it, it can't not. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I will say too, just, um, you know, from day one, um, you're seeing specialists at first, you know, um, when you're diagnosed with something like this and for her, you know, it was before she was born. So from day one, um, you know, we're seeing neurologists, um, um, therapists, physical therapists, occupational therapists, and as she got older, speech therapists, um, being in, um, you know, classes at school to assist 
uh, and you meet such great people along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, her therapists, her teachers. Um, it's it's inspiring to to meet those people and to and to see what what they do too. Um, and um, and Grace, I know that's something that you're. <laughs> majoring in school and I just um those those individuals are are so important um it's it's really um a a selfless profession to um be in one where you're you're helping kids um with with disabilities Mm -hmm. um but yes it, it definitely has changed the way um that I look at things um it just it puts a new perspective on things. Now, Charlotte, um, I know in school, cerebellar hypoplasia really only affects your learning. Um, has it ever made you feel different? Uh, well, I feel like it has, but like I feel like everyone's kind of different, you know. Yeah, exactly. I love how you said that. I know for me as well. I have learned so much from you, Charlotte, that I never, I never would have had those kind of perspectives without having you in my life. And I guess this is a question for both Charlotte and Michelle, but with Charlotte's cerebellar hypoplasia, of course it was a challenge and it was unexpected, but do you think if you go back in time, would you change anything if you could? I think going back in time, I wouldn't have worried so much about it. I would have enjoyed those younger moments instead of worrying about you know how are things going to turn out right Mm -hmm. what about you Charlotte no I don't think I would I mean like uh I was like born like this (laughs) (laughs) right and I think a lot of Charlotte's um like her motor skills and things like that she wasn't um maybe um, her milestones were, were you know, later than other kids. She didn't walk until she was two and a half. We didn't know if she was going to walk. Um, you know, she didn't sit up, you know, so those, those motor skills, she wasn't really on the usual path. Um, and I think that's where a lot of our initial struggles were. Um, we thought that this was going to affect her more physically. Um, Fortunately, she had therapy and I I do want to stress early intervention is so important. Those, those therapists and those teachers um, are just awesome. (laughs) And um, they got her to a place where um, really um, physically she's, she does very well. Mm -hmm. Um, But we really got over that hurdle that was a pretty big hurdle in the beginning. Um, But then you know, when school started, I guess we didn't realize um, the the struggle she would have with um, academically in certain areas. Um, and I think, and and maybe Charlotte, you can talk about that. Um, but I think that was that is probably more of a struggle for her. However, she is does have, like I said, amazing. Um, teachers and people who support her so she doesn't really um, and I'm speaking for her but I you can agree with me or not Charlotte I I think she feels like she fits in Um, right 
and she knows that, you know, there are kids at different levels. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm sure there's been times when, you know, maybe, um, Charlotte, maybe you have felt a, a little bit left out. Do you feel like, um, you know, your condition affects you with your friends and things like that, um, or making friends? Uh, no, no, I feel like I make friends like very easily. Like, um, people think, people think like I don't have a disability. Like, they think of me as like normal. Yeah. Right. There's been a much bigger push in, in the past years about redefining what a disability means and how people interact with anybody with a difference. Um, do you guys have any advice you might give to other parents or other students who might be struggling with this? Um, as far as parents, there's so much support now, um, whether it's in um, your community. Um, your community may have programs. Um, um, from my experience, the early intervention program. So um, your community, your your medical professionals, your um, your teachers, their support groups online. Um, there's so much information out there now, um, and so much um, help if if you need it. Um, you should never feel like you're alone, and just um, you know, reach out for help if you need it. It's I guarantee you, it's there. Mm -hmm. So Charlotte, do you have any advice that you'd give to other students who have a learning disability or have dealt with a difference in the past? Um. Okay. Um. The advice I would give to people with learning disabilities. Um. You're 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 no different than from everybody else. You're you know you're the same. You're no. Yeah. No. That's awesome. And I think the the reason Charlotte feels the way she does is because of um, how great our school system has handled um, her challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, like when I was a kid, um, kids were often, you know, p kids with learning disabilities were often, um, or physical disabilities, were often separated all the time <laughs> from, from the rest of the students. Um, and we're treated differently and, um, but I, I really don't think that, you know, Charlotte's never been treated like that. And um, she's had just a great support system at school. Um, of course, we have great family and friends and, um, you know, she, she was never made to feel like, you know, she was any less because she might be behind in some classes or struggle with something, um, you know, physically. I mean, that's, it's, she, she's never had that because of the great support system that, right. um, that our schools, really that our school system offers. She, she loves school. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. I think a lot of people struggle with talking about disabilities or um, differences within people because it can kind of be an awkward or even scary subject to bring up with other people out of respect. Do you have any advice on just how to normalize talking about 
certain types of disabilities or special needs and how people can be more comfortable um, interacting with everybody? Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, you know, asking, asking questions, you know, don't assume, uh, don't assume that a, a child is acting out because, you know, the, the mom isn't a good mom. <laughs> the parents don't know how right. to um, handle their kids. Um, you know, maybe that child has something else going on. Um, I think just asking, asking questions is fine. I am more than happy to explain to people what um, Charlotte's condition is. And I would say, you know, just don't assume, don't make mean comments, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, ask, ask about it. I mean, just tell it, just, just tell it like it is. It's not, you know, it shouldn't be a taboo. It's just, it's part of life. Right. Now, Charlotte, if somebody was wondering something about how cerebellar hypoplasia has affected you, would it be fine if they asked you a question about that? Yeah, it would totally be fine. Do it you would. think um, Do you think people should feel bad or awkward when talking about certain disabilities or differences in people's lives? No, I don't think that should be like awkward. Yeah. Sometimes totally people are afraid to ask about it. Um, but when you're afraid to interact with, with someone who might have a disability, it's almost it's like shouting them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think you should just treat them just like anybody else. You know, so at the same time, yeah, don't be rude, but also don't, you know, not include someone because you're afraid of hurting their feelings or saying the wrong thing. I mean, just just treat them like you would anybody else, anybody right. who doesn't have a disability. So, yeah. Yeah, we're all learning left together. Out either. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, how would you work to redefine what having a disability means? Um, I think a, a disability is, it, it just, you know, obviously a different from the usual might be an, an obstacle or a challenge right. that we just have to work through day by day. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean you're any less of a person. I think we just have to treat them like anyone else we would we would treat mm-hmm. and be willing to, to help, you know, um, volun- you know, volunteer, you know, to, to help a child read or yeah. someone who has a learning disability or volunteer in, in your community at events for, for kids with maybe um, a physical disabilities. This, these are all things that should be organized and we should be used to and I see, I've seen so much positive change with it, so. Right. Charlotte, do you have any input on how you might redefine what having a disability means? Uh, uh, I would say having a disability is like, you're a little bit different from everybody else, a kind of a challenge, Mm -hmm. but like everyone's the same. Everyone's a little bit different. Right. Everyone's normal. There might be some things that are different about your life, but you still feel normal. And I think everyone else should recognize that too. When it comes to disabilities, 
people often think, well, I don't have a disability. I don't know anyone with a disability. Therefore, experiencing differences in people can't improve my life. Do you feel like knowing Charlotte and your experience with cerebellar hypoplasia has improved your life? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, having a child who has a condition, <laughs> you know, you might not think about that if you're a parent who, who doesn't have a child like that, or if you don't have someone close to you who does. So obviously, you're, you know, I think you get more compassionate, more patient, you learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just like I said earlier, all the wonderful people I've met through this process <laughs> of, <laughs> you know, her, her, um, her birth to three people, especially they're just, they were awesome. All her wonderful teachers, all these people have made such an, a wonderful impact on Charlotte's life and, and mine, my own. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to have been a part of this journey with you guys. And I totally agree with you, Michelle and Charlotte, that I wouldn't change anything because I love Charlotte. And she is the way she is because of her differences. Is there anything left you want to leave our listeners with? I was going to say that um, I have a friend who has autism. And I didn't know that she was like, she's in like, like normal classes. I didn't know that she was different until like two years ago when she told me. Right. Like you, you couldn't tell she was autistic at all. She mm-hmm. was like You're yeah. saying that's something that you didn't even even notice until you found out. Did that change how you thought about her? No. She she seemed the same to me. Yeah. She didn't seem any different. She's a very smart person. No different. She's in all this like she's not in special ed classes. Right. She's in all the normal classes. Yeah, she doesn't seem different. And and I think that's why it's important not to to label people mm-hmm. or students because I, I mean obviously we need to know maybe their condition, you know, to gain knowledge about it mm-hmm. and maybe um, to help them learn, help them function, but really, you know, don't put these labels on kids. Um, I'm autistic. I have this condition. I have that condition because really that, that it doesn't define who you are. Right. We, we, of course, like I said, we we need that to, to study it, Mm -hmm. but our kids have um, abilities beyond what you would think. Right. Even kids who are born with um, challenges. Mm-hmm. It's, amazing. it's amazing what kids can do if you, um, if you let them. Right. Because in the end, we're all unique. And I think it's important that we recognize that, you know, people who have experiences with disabilities, they are not their disability. Just like what you said, we're all unique people. And that might be one challenge in someone's life, but it shouldn't outline and define what their life means socially and for the future and through every walk of life. Right. Definitely. I'm so glad you guys could make it on the show. I had so much fun and maybe we can have you back another time. For sure. 
Thanks for yeah. inviting us. Thank you for supporting the Rise and Shine podcast today. I hope today's episode gave you inspiration to do just that. If you are listening to the podcast on the Anchor app or website, feel free to leave me a voice message that might get included in a future episode. With that, enjoy the rest of your day. See you next time.